me, a person who had picked oranges, working in the fields, being a custodian at Polk State College, and of course being on the wall of fame with the Grady Judd. <laughs> Another kind of free form rock and roll, make you goofy solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Just another kind of free form rock and roll, make you goofy solo, maybe want to tap a toe. Welcome to Polkcast, Polk State College's official podcast. I'm your host, Madison Fantosi. And I'm your co-host, Leah Bartholomew. Today's guest is a familiar face at Polk State events as a longtime supporter of the college and the May 2016 Distinguished Alumna. However, many may not know that Christine Samuels' start at Polk State was actually as a custodian at the college. She was a single mom working a full-time job during the day, taking a short nap before picking up her kids from school, and going into work at the college overnight. Christine went on to enroll at Polk State and graduate with her Associate in Arts degree in 1980, before achieving her bachelor's degree from Eckerd College. She served as the Director of Human Resources for the Agricultural and Labor Program, Inc., before assuming her role as the City of Winter Haven's first Director of Diversity and Inclusion. Welcome, Christine. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So we want to hear, what is it like to come back to campus and reflect on your time here as both a former employee and a student? It has been humbling to say the least, uh, to work from 9 p.m. at night to 5.30 in the morning as a custodian, and then to be a student at night, work during the day, so I couldn't come to school during the day, so it was at night. And to become chairperson of the Polk Alumni Association, a chairperson of that, also now currently serving the Polk State Foundation Board. So this full circle, this has truly exceeded my expectation. When I think of this, I feel blessed for the opportunity that I have been granted. And, you know, I just want to give back wherever I can. Has the campus changed a lot? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't even know my way around. It's, it's just, it's just amazing, you know, the growth and this beautiful library that you have here, just fantastic. Uh, every time I come on campus, I feel that um, sense of, wow, look what we're doing. And I feel a part of that. Is there anything on campus now that's like you walk on and it's familiar, like it was exactly or very similar to when you were here? I can't really think of it. it, it everything has kind of changed, yeah. you know, when I was custodian here. For the most part, I would work uh, in the gymnasium mm -hmm. and all those offices or whatever over there. Mm -hmm. So I have not toured that in a while. So yeah. I don't know how different it is from that perspective. Usually when I come to the college, I come to the student center uh, to events and board meetings or meetings that they have here. It's been my uh, opportunity to come on campus. Yeah. But uh, so amazing at the things that has happened here at the college. That's awesome. Well, what inspired you to go from custodian to student? Well, I had three sons, and I wanted to provide a better life for my children. Education was always important to me, but I didn't think I could do it. You know, working two jobs uh, most of the time and trying to make enough money to, um, to take care of them. So I had my mother, who was very, very supportive, 
and I had a counselor named Mr. Mitchell that really, really encouraged me to do it. You know, I was just, I'm afraid I can't do that, you know, I was just too much. But again, they convinced me, he convinced me to come to the college to apply, and I got in. And I guess the rest is history. Uh, for the most part, during that time when I enrolled, you know, we didn't have computers. Like, I look at this library and I think about that. I had to write all my papers, you know, coming to school, working all day, writing papers. I think about my finger. I didn't ever think it was going to be the same, you know, from <laughs> uh, writing papers. Uh, but, oh, my goodness, it was so worth it. Like I said, uh, my mother was my jewel. She would uh, take care of the boys and let me allow me to go in the room and study. She would feed them and take good care of them while I did that. So again, I've always worked two jobs. I've gone to school. That's kind of been my life. Well, of course, Polk State was already familiar to you, having worked here. But when you decided to become a student, why did you choose Polk State? It was in the back. If it had, it was in my back door. You know, I could have walked here. Had Polk State not been in our community, I never would have gone to college. Just couldn't do it. Couldn't afford it. And uh, to come to school at night, I worked, worked all the day, and I had to be in class by 6 o'clock from 6 to 9. Then you, uh, you know, did that. I did a full-time load at the time, you know. And like I said, you had to write all those papers. At the time. It was very time-consuming. But I knew with my mother's support, I was able to get it done. And that's how I did it. So that's what helped me. And that's why Polk State. It wouldn't have happened had it not been here. What inspired you to choose the career path that you, you chose? Well, as a young person, I really wanted to be an elementary teacher. I had great teachers, and I, they just inspired me to do that. However, uh, I got an opportunity to go to work for the Agriculture and Labor Program, ALFI, on a temporary program. It was a training program. And during that time, um, I was allowed to, I was assistant area manager there, and they provided a job for me, a permanent job from that. So I was, I have really been fortunate in my life that I may start out at a temporary position, but most times, you know, I'm, my work ethics, I'm a workaholic, you know, don't like saying that out loud, but I am. So from doing that, I was always, a job was created for me. And the CEO there, I was her special assistant, and as a part of my duties, I was HR director. Didn't HR was a part of my duties. Didn't know very much about uh, human resources at the time, but I had to learn. So what I did, I took a lot of classes. I went to a lot of seminars and things of that nature. And when the opportunity came, I was able to go uh, back to um, school uh, to get my degree in human resources. So that's what my bachelor's degree is in human resources. I drove 74 miles one way after working all day. I did that and I went to Saturday's classes where I had to be there at seven o'clock in the morning to five o'clock. And sometimes I would, on my way drive back, I asked myself, why, why are you doing this? That's so crazy. But what I knew for sure, that it would change my life and it did. Why didn't you just take online classes? Yeah, right. <laughs> Give me a break. They didn't have such thing as online classes or Zoom classes and all of that. None of that was available at the time. So I had to go to class. Yeah. And I want you to know, I never missed a class. Wow. Wow. 
What um, what did you go to school at Polk's? What did you get your AA in? In uh, it was elementary AA. Oh, okay. That was so my that, area. That was where and then went. I switched gotcha. after that. Nice. Mm -hmm. Had They had a four-year degree program here. Right. Which we do now. Yeah, I know you do now. <laughs> Didn't have that when I first started out. So we come full circle. Yeah. Well, so... What's motivated you to stay involved in the community and, you know, also with the college? Well, this college and this community have given me so much opportunities. You know, I'm a person that I like giving back. I like serving others. And uh, there are just so many opportunities. I like to tell my story to others to kind of inspire them. And uh, being a part of Polk State, uh, I serve on the foundation board and I've had an opportunity to give out scholarships to young people and just to watch uh, the faces of the parents so that their student will have a four-year degree. This has been amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can't serve enough. I'm, you know, it's just uh, this community, like I said, is rich in its history and the kind of things that this community does. I'm just fascinated with Winter Haven and what we do here. Did you have you did you grow up in Winter Haven and stay in Winter Haven? Mm -hmm. I uh, my family moved to Winter Haven in 1966 as I was a young person here. And so, yes, I have lived here, but I took a job with the Eckert Youth Alternative to work with kids in trouble. So I was a I was their HR director down in Okeechobee from 91. And then from being there, as I, you know, I, I get involved in everything. So from there, I was offered an opportunity to become uh, the director of a program in Brooksville. I was um, director of that program. Uh, and so I came back to Winter Haven in 2016. This whole entire time, I was serving the Agriculture and Labor Program board. So I've been on both sides. I was their director. Uh, Human Resources Director, but I also served their Board of Directors when I was not a staff person. So for like 40 years, I was involved with that program. Wow. And then is, what led you to your current job now in the city of Winter Haven? Okay, I had returned back to the Agriculture and Labor Program. And when I moved back to Winter Haven in 20, 20, uh, 2006, I started attending a city commissioner's meeting. And... I watched the things that the city was doing, and um, when they created this position as uh, diversity and inclusivity director, I thought, hmm, I could do that job. And um, so I applied for the job, and uh, there was like 160 plus applicants. So I was thinking, I wasn't going to get that job as a new position, but it was my dream job. So, so uh, I started the process, and then, uh, as you know, COVID hit. So we were shut down. I did uh, Zoom interviews and all of those type things that I really wanted to quit because it was a difficult process, yeah. like four levels of, of interviews. And, but my kids and my friends encouraged me to continue. Awesome. And so that's how I, uh, they selected me. Oh, wow. And here I am, uh, two and a half years later. Wow, what uh, was that like when you got the call? Oh, it was, it was, I'm like, devastating. I was 
home by myself. Oh. I called call my kids all excited. <laughs> I got the job. Oh. And they were saying, I knew you would. Oh, you know, kind of that. So so, you're alone. And and you're just, like, yeah. oh, I got the job. Yay, I got the job. So it was just fantastic. <laughs> so, yes, this is, this is something. Uh, I love people. I love working with people. So uh, to be able to, and also in the city, when I would attend the city commissioners meeting, there weren't very many people that looked like me in the audience, you know? And so I'm thinking, you know, perhaps I can bring about a change yeah. in that. Yeah. And of course, you know, I have. Good. Wow. And so you've had the opportunity to build this program from the ground up for the city. Mm -hmm. um, what is the mission and what is the work that you all do every day? Okay, the mission uh, for the city of Winter Haven is to promote diversity and foster an inclusive environment where employees, not only employees, but the citizens feel a sense of belonging. So what we it's, it's not a quick fix. It's ongoing. Every, there's a process and what we try every day to make people aware you know, of what's going on around them, to be sensitive to people, to care about all people. And um, this is this has uh, been a, a challenge many times, but what I say to everyone that I talk to about diversity and inclusivity is that if you're a leader, meaning you're a president or your city manager is not the champion of this program, it won't, nothing will change. It has to start from the top and uh, they have to be committed to it. Sometimes you have people that uh, give you dollars to do things, but if their heart hasn't changed, if there's not the money for the training that's needed, if people don't buy into it, then you're just spinning your wheels. And so, but I must say that I've been fortunate that our city manager, our mayor, commissioners have bought into it. And so for me, that has been a wonderful experience. We were able to, hire, we were able to establish uh, employee diversity team, and it came from every level of our organization, which has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, they, we meet monthly, so they've been able to learn about diversity. Um, they learn about themselves, that they have built relationships within themselves. And then from that, they've been able to go back to their individual units because we have people from every department or division. And their role is to go back and share. And it's just been amazing to watch them grow and develop. And that has, in turn, changed our organization. Wow. So I'm cool extremely excited about what the things that we're doing. Well, you touched on one of them, but what so far has been the re most rewarding part of your job? That group. That group, that, that group, it, the, 100%. The things that we've been able to do, uh, the diversity team is, is, consists of 14 members. We're now on our second group. What we did initially, we handpicked 14 from the different departments and we gave them a two year time frame that they can serve with an opportunity to renew their membership if they chose to do so. So most of them chose the third year. So we're into that and we meet monthly. We have, uh, we put on special events like we've had now two Hispanic luncheons that 
been absolutely fantastic to watch the employees. You know, when you add from, we invite, uh, we invited uh, Representative Soto who came, and then we have Dr. Facanelli, we've invited her, uh, Miss Martinez. So we invited people to come and mingle with our staff. No program, That's just awesome. wherever you want is it. The staff and, oh my God, it's That's been just fantastic. Oh. We've also done the uh, Black History uh, Luncheon that has been fantastic too. Again, we invite the community to come in. You learn the different cultures, you learn the food. The food is just fantastic yeah. from both ends. <laughs> oh so it's just been, and the laughter and the learning about each other and learning to appreciate each other. It's just been uh, amazing. Been amazing. Well, what does it mean to you to be a Polk State Distinguished <laughs> alumna? <laughs> Again, I am just extremely humbled that they will pick me, a person who have I've worked in the groves, picked oranges, you know, uh, been the custodian here, and of course being on the wall of fame with the Grady Judge. <laughs> That's as good as it gets. Aww. And to serve on the Polk um, Foundation Board, assisting with the fundraisers and making decisions for students who are trying to find their way out. Being the first in my family to go to college to get a degree, I read a lot of scholarship applications, you know, to help students uh, that's asking for assistance. And uh, the stories are really amazing, and I understand their struggle. So when I read their stories, you know, I'm one of those, if there is, if we have enough money, I'm gonna give scholarships to all of them. Because I, un I also understand the opportunity. They don't wanna ask for a handout, but they're at the end and they just don't have any resources to get it done. So um, to ask for help and we're being able to award that, I mean, that's just been absolutely priceless, you know. The, the other thing that uh, being the Polk State alumnus was that I had the opportunity to speak at the graduating class. Oh my God, that was frightening, but how rewarding oh, wow. um, to have my sons here. My son that lives in Arizona was able to fly home. And then my other son was able to, to be here also and have my family and friends around me uh, to witness that. Uh, walk, walking behind the president, you know, it was just fantastic. Oh. So, was that the, the largest crowd you'd spoken from? Oh my God, the <laughs> largest crowd. That it's it exceeded my expectation. I when I walked in, I'm thinking to myself. And now they split the classes, but when I was doing it, that gym, that auditorium was full. So yes, that was scary. But you know, for whatever reason that day, it's like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. And so it was, I told my story. Yeah. So it was great. Awesome. I was so thankful for the opportunity. Well, is there any advice that you would like to leave for our students or listeners? Absolutely. Never, never quit. Um, I don't care how hard it gets. You're gonna be juggling. It's always a juggle. You never seem to have enough time. Uh, but you must continue to do that. Uh, so take a deep breath if you need to, but keep going. <laughs> take another deep breath and keep going. 
find someone to talk to. Let them know how you're feeling. That's what I did. There were many times I was asked myself, why are you doing this? And asked myself, is it worth it? And if the answer is yes, I said, dry your eyes and keep going. The end result will be that you'll get a degree, you'll get a better job, you will be able to obtain your dream job if you don't quit. But if you quit, you won't be able to do that. So the other thing that I always, always say, quitting must never, I mean never be an option. Take a breath, a break if you need to, but never quit. Thank you. Very well said. Thank you so much for joining us. And you have such a peaceful, inspiring presence about you that Thank I think you. is going to resonate. Thank you. Through to the listeners, too. But sitting here with you today was such an honor. Well, this is from the heart. <laughs> Thank I you. feel, I feel it, I sense it. And I say, serving is what we all should be about. You've been given much, and you owe it to give it back. Pass it on to help enrich someone else's life. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for thank having you. me. Thank I really so appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Podcast. We've had some fun, but nothing this good can last. If you want some more, make sure you visit our website at folk.edu slash podcast. That is our website. <laughs>